on the edge of the Black Forest, somewhere between Russia and Poland, and occasionally Germany, is a small Jewish village called Helm. Eighty or so houses, more chickens than people. The village is a community of laughter and love. Arguments, complaints, reconciliations, more complaints. Yes, there are problems. As wise Rabbi Kibbutz says, well, what would life be without problems? It might be nice for a little while. Welcome to Izzy Abramson's The Village Life. I'm your host, Mark Binder, and I'm glad to be here. It's a well-known fact that the people of the village can't hold a tune. In a few moments, you'll find out what happens when a music peddler comes to town. Before we get started, a few things you should know. Reb is the Yiddish word for mister. Achopa is the wedding canopy. And now, the village musicians. The day after Yom Kippur, it was still raining. All through the high holy days, the weather had been miserable. Rain, rain, and more rain. Everyone in the village was grumbling. Rain spattered on roofs, and runoff rushed through the streets of mud. The Bug River was high, although fortunately not overflowing. Now, some people believe that a song can brighten any occasion. But as a community, the villagers were not known for their musical ability. To call them tone-deaf would have been a compliment. So, when the sound of a flute floated into the village, everyone suddenly went, Shah, shh, or hush. It was a beautiful melody, an autumn bird song, a haunting memory of the summer just past and the promise of winter ahead. Doors and windows opened, but nothing was visible through the mist and rain. As soon as the music stopped, every man, woman, and child began pulling on boots and coats. Five minutes later, despite the rain, the round village square was as full as it had been at the celebration of the last day of the harvest. Standing in the shelter of the synagogue's doorway was a small man with a huge backpack. Is there any place dry where we can play music? he asked. An instant later, Reb Levitsky unlocked the door, Rabbi Kibitz ushered the small man inside, and Mrs. Heipel stood at the entrance, making sure everyone scraped the mud off their shoes. By the time they were settled, the small man had unloaded his pack on the raised bima at the front of the synagogue. The girls and women in the balcony had the best view of the assorted instruments. The flute, a clarinet, a violin, a trumpet, and something brass that looked like a goose's neck. Young Doodle, the village orphan, asked what everyone else was thinking. What is that thing? My young friend, said the man, I am glad you asked. My name is Meyer Fishberg. I am a paddler, and this is a saxophone. Meyer Fishberg picked it up, pressed some buttons, and then took the villagers on a journey of sound that led them up and down and around and back and through. 
There were colors and shapes and mountains and open space, like when you're standing on the top of a hill and there are no leaves on the trees and you can see forever in all directions. When Meyer Fishberg stopped, there was a moment's silence and then tumultuous applause. Now, he said, who wants to play? Nearly every hand in the room went up, but Doodle impetuously darted forward, grabbed the saxophone, and blew a discordant blat that sounded like a fat man accidentally sitting on a duck. Reb Levitsky, who thought of himself as Doodle's foster father, was mortified. It didn't seem to bother Meyer Fishberg. Very good. You have just played A-flat. By the way, all my instruments are for sale. Immediately, a bidding war erupted. Reb Stein the baker snapped up the clarinet. Reb Gold the cobbler purchased the violin. Bertha Schimmel outbid Reb Cantor the merchant for the trumpet. And Reb Levitsky bought the saxophone for Doodle. It's almost as big as he is, hissed Chaya Levitsky. He'll grow into it, her husband whispered back, watching as Meyer Fishberg gave young Doodle his first and only lesson. Finally, the delicate brass flute went to Bulga, the fisherman. It looked impossibly tiny in Bulga's thick hands. Then there was a break in the rain, and Meyer Fishberg was out the synagogue's door and on the road to Smyrna without even saying goodbye. Best salesman I've ever seen, muttered the disappointed Reb Cantor as he left the synagogue. Relieved, his wife, Shoshana, patted her husband's hand. Hearing him sawing away at a fiddle would have been agony. To say that the villagers of Helm were unable to play their new instruments is an understatement. They were beyond bad. They were epically atrocious. Reb Stein's clarinet sounded like a wounded chicken. Reb Gold's violin reminded his family of violent swarms of bees and mosquitoes. Bertha Schimmel's trumpet blasts echoed from the hills and prematurely curdled her goat's cheeses. Bulga the fisherman had gone off on one of his voyages, so one could only imagine the havoc unleashed on the open sea. Worst of all were Doodle's attempts at the saxophone. He seemed fixated on discovering new and unusual sounds. Atonal, non-tonal, negatively tonal? There weren't words to describe. I don't know why they call it playing an instrument, a distraught Reb Levitsky told Rabbi Kibitz. I think he's murdering it. He's certainly giving me thoughts. Rabbi Kibitz had to concur. They'd banished Doodle to the synagogue's storm cellar to practice underground and behind a sturdy closed door. Both men winced at a particularly nauseating groan and clang. How can something that small make a noise that loud? Ten years passed, which took far longer than expected. Now, Doodle was engaged to be married to Rachel Cohen on the day after Yom Kippur, both for luck and to save money. Wise Rachel Cohen told her husband-to-be, Everyone will have gorged at the Yom Kippur breakfast, so at our wedding they'll eat less hopefully. As long as he didn't have to think about it, Doodle, like many men, was amenable to anything that made his bride-to-be happy. 
It was only after Doodle smashed the glass and everyone shouted, Muzzle Tov, that they realized the wedding musicians from Smyrna had failed to arrive. A wedding without a horror circle dance was untenable. The bride and groom had to be lifted in chairs. Didn't you send the band's deposit? A tearful Rachel asked. Bewildered, Doodle answered, I thought you did. The villagers leaned forward, both eager and embarrassed, to witness the married couple's first fight. Wait, shouted Bulga the fisherman. I have my flute. I'll get my clarinet, declared Reb Stein. My violin is in my workshop, said Reb Gold. Um, I actually brought my trumpet along, Bertha Schimmel admitted. The two men ran off, and a space for the quartet cleared in the round village square. Silence mixed with a deep feeling of dread as the villagers recalled the sounds that had repulsed them so many years before. Are you sure this is a good idea? Reb Cantor whispered to Rabbi Abrams, who raised both hands in a shrug. Bulga stood at the front. I'll start. You join. The others nodded and set their instruments to ready. Bulga lifted his flute and began. The quiet was broken by a single note, slightly off, then resolved and held steady. It flowed into the same note, repeated but longer, which transformed and rose, then fell. It was a rich and sweet sound of air and brass and light. A shiver of goosebumps tingled the bride and groom's arms as they recognized the sweet and joyful beginning of Hava Nagila. The clarinet joined, tentatively at first, and then the violin. Let us rejoice, they called. Let us rejoice. And at the next line of Let us rejoice and be happy, Bertha Schimmel's trumpet came in so vibrantly that it blew the roof off the chuppah. Next moment, everyone was up on their feet, holding hands and circling the round square while singing in miraculous harmony, Hava Narenina, let's sing. It was a dance, a celebration, and a marathon. The band only knew the one song, but it was the right song. They played it relentlessly, only pausing long enough to eat a bit of brisket or drink a glass of wine. Then, as the sun began to set, Chaya Levitsky brought Doodle his saxophone and gave her adopted son a kiss on the cheek. Martin Levitsky grew concerned, remembering the time a mouse had dropped dead when Doodle played. I don't know any tunes, Doodle admitted as he hung it around his neck but I'd like to play my love for Rachel. He nodded, closed his eyes, inhaled, and then opened his eyes and saw his wife. He had loved her for as long as he could remember. He knew every inch of her face, the shimmers of her hair, the softness of her voice, the lift of her smile. Rachel's eyes also filled with joy at the small boy who had become her strong, kind man. Doodle played what he felt. There was no melody. It felt like a breeze, a sunbeam, the smell of fresh-baked bread. For a moment that lasted forever, there was nothing else. 
By the time the villagers blinked and came back to themselves, Doodle and Rachel had gone home to their new house. That was something, Reb Cantor grinned. You guys used to be so bad. Bulga the fisherman licked his chapped lips and shrugged. After ten years of practice? Reb Stein and Reb Gold laughed in agreement. Um, in another ten years, Bertha Schimmel suggested, maybe we can learn Lachado D. Reb Cantor left the musicians and went home to his own wife, happy that the new year had begun. The End We hope you enjoyed listening to The Village Musicians by Izzy Abramson. If you did, we know you'll enjoy reading and listening to all the books in Izzy Abramson's The Village Life series. Look for A Village Romance, Winter Blessings, The Village Twins, and more. You can purchase these, at reasonable prices, wherever books and audiobooks are sold. Also, please take a moment to help us spread the word about this podcast. Tell your friends, family, and even your enemies by posting and sharing on social media. Use the hashtag, hashtag Village Life. As Mrs. Haipool often says, the village life is like rye bread. You don't need to be Jewish to enjoy the flavor. Please do sign up for our newsletter at izzyabe.com for exclusive stories and news about book signings and performance tour dates. That's I-Z-Z-Y-A-B-E dot com. Izzy Abramson's The Village Life is produced by Light Publications. Narration by Mark Binder. Music by Fischl Bresler. Occasional harmonica by Izzy Abramson. Audio engineering by Stephen Brendan. Recorded at Pembroke Villa Studios in Providence. This work is copyright 2021 by Mark Binder and Izzy Abramson, all rights reserved. Thank you very much for listening. Have an excellent day.